0: Lord, a cheer, please, Amen. Amen. God is good, all and time. all the time, God is good. Amen. You may be seated. Thank the Lord for His presence that we will feel here today in this worship service, and we first Sunday in September, and cool enough that I thought I would wear a shirt underneath my jacket and. Have my overcoat in the car just in case I need it too. And you can tell I'm old by saying overcoat. I think we say top coat in this day and time. We're glad to have Jim Samora with us, and we're glad to have all of you. Let's give Jim the Lord a cheer, shall we? the along, and we want to give emphasis to a couple activities that are happening this week. I want to encourage you to be in mind be mindful of Bible study. Glenda Carr is going to be the presenter this week. We have youth activities going on at the same time and we invite all of our youth to be attentive to that as well. And then on Saturday, five o'clock, We have a men's meeting downstairs. Brother Everett, raise your hand, wave your hand, that's it. He's a cook. Jim, your name is not, I mean, Tommy, your name is not Tommy. I almost called you something else, there you are. But please, uh, just encourage each other in this fellowship, this time of togetherness in the Lord. And Brother Harold, our associate pastor, coming with the rest of our program this morning. We'll all. Good morning. Good
1: morning. morning.
2: All right, so uh, what did the ocean say to the beach? What did the ocean say to the beach? Nothing, it just waved. All right. Is that better than last week? Maybe a little, anyway. <laughs> oh, we won't. We won't tell you where it came from. <laughs> All right, just just a couple of announcements. Like Pastor said, Wednesday night, uh, remember Bible study. Um, ladies' meeting that was last night, so it's too late for that one. You'll have to wait until next month if you weren't here for that. Uh, and then the men's meeting. I think it's the 18th. Is that right? Okay, 18th, 5 o'clock here at the church. So uh, we also want to mention the ladies' retreat uh, in Branson coming up on October 1st. Um, if you need a application or anything, get one in the back or downstairs. And then October 31st, this is new, we will be doing a trunk or treat here. It's on a Saturday. So we'll be doing that here at the church, and we'll have some more information coming up on that. But uh, we did one of those last year, um, and this would be kind of replacing the Fall Festival. Instead of doing the Fall Fest again, we'll do the Trunk or Treat, and uh, we'll get some more information coming up on that. But just so you know, and we'll have, try to have a little more candy here. Last year we ran out. We went through a lot of candy. <laughs> we went through a lot of candy. So uh, we'll, we'll have to get to Sam's and get some supplies and uh, be ready, ready for all those kids. But uh, that will be coming up, and we'll announce more about that. But uh, this morning, um, we want to talk just for, oh, let's say about three minutes here on faith. And this is going to kind of set up, I think I mentioned last week, we're going to tie in prayer with our, uh, gener- our generosity prayer. And uh, faith are all going to tie in together. So we're going to um, just kind of set the grounds here with faith. Uh, v- a Very basic, probably everyone here already knows this, but uh, good to have a reminder. We're going to look at Hebrews 11 and 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So faith can be like visualizing the future. It's believing in something before we actually see it, right? That's what Hebrews 11 and 1 is talking about. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of the things that we cannot see. So a lot of people um, today and around say, I'll believe it when I see it, right? I'm sure we've heard that, probably used it. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. God's the exact opposite of that. What he's saying is true. You'll see it when you first believe it, right? So we believe in it first. Many things in life must be believed before they can be seen. I was reading something the other day. Uh, It went way back to the 1960s. That is before my time. Um, Maybe not everyone here, but it is before mine. The Soviet Union sent the first cosmonaut into outer space. He circled the earth when he came back down. He did a press conference. He said, I searched the heavens. I looked for God. I did not see him anywhere. Therefore, there is no God. The communist and atheistic regime concluded from that that we now have scientific proof that there is no God. About six months after that, John Glenn an astronaut from the United States, went into space. He circled the earth three times, came back down. He also had a press conference. He said, I saw God everywhere. I saw his glory in the galaxy. I saw his splendor in the universe. I saw his majesty in the stars. See, there was a difference there between those two. Before there is a spiritual transformation in your life, We're too narrow-minded to see the possibility of what God is doing in the world around us. This is true of every person. Faith always comes before seeing. It's faith that causes an architect to design the building, right? He believes it can be done. It's faith that causes the Olympic athlete to go practice and then go to the Olympic trials. They have faith that they are going to make it to the Olympics. It is faith that causes the scientist to believe that we can put the man on the moon. It is a universal principle of life. You have to believe it before you see it. When you have faith, you will see the amazing things God is doing in you. He's doing through you and he is doing around you. A few questions to think about um, personally for each one of us. Why do you think God wants you to believe in faith instead of just showing you before you believe. When has faith opened your eyes to what God is doing in your life or the world around you? And what do you believe God wants you to accomplish in your life? How should faith affect your goal setting? So there's some things to think about. Take them with you. Think about them this week. Um, next week, like I said, we're going to tie in faith and generosity and then uh, faith faith with prayer. So but let's all stand this morning. We're going to pray. So we go into service here. Um, we can take prayer requests if anybody has any. I know uh, a couple of them were mentioned before Sunday school. Uh, Sister Anita, who many of you know, passed away. So remember the family with them. Uh, and we also have a number of people traveling um, the holiday weekend. And I think some would be traveling probably for the funeral and things. So just remember them this week. Is there anything else? Nothing? No prayer requests? Unspoken requests? Raise your hand. Excellent. Yes, God knows each one. All right, let's all pray. God, we come to you at this time, Lord. Just um, thanking you, Lord, for our opportunity this morning, God, to gather in your name, to be here, um, to uh, just come together, God, to praise and worship you, learn of you, God. um, We just thank you for this time, Lord. We know that you know each heart, each request, God, that um, all those that raise their hands, they're personal needs, God. We know that you know each individual, each situation. We just pray that you would help provide the answer that they need, God. If it's healing, Lord, we just ask that you touch and work in a special way, God. And um, those that don't know you, God, we're praying for their salvation, for their eyes to be open to you, God. whatever their requests are, God, we just pray that you would be with them and uh, help provide for them at this time, God, um, be with us here at the church today, that you'll be with the pastor, anoint his words, God, as he brings forth what you've given him, Lord, we just pray that you would do that and uh, minister through him, help us to receive it, God, and to uh, learn from it, God, uh, what you want us to, Lord continue to bless and minister to us here god be with my sister and his family during this time of loss. god just bring peace to them and um, direct their words and that they would just feel your comfort at this time and all those traveling we just pray that you would protect watch over them um, just uh, continue to to be with them lord and to minister to them right where they are we'll have a couple of ushers come up. We'll receive this morning's offering. It is uh, first Sunday of the month um, this week, so we will uh, be giving this offering to the pastor and his family. So uh, anything that's put in the offering plate that's loose will go towards the pastor. If you uh, mark it on an envelope or on your check, otherwise it will go towards uh, whatever you mark it as. So uh, let's pray again. God, we just thank you again, Lord, for this opportunity to, to give here this morning. We just ask that you'll uh, bless the gift, God, bless the giver, um, anoint uh, this offering, Lord, as it's used for your work, God. And uh, we just give you the thanks and the praise for that and for the pastor and his family. We just uh, ask that you'll continue to lift them up, God, um, keep them in your care, um, all the miles they travel, God, and their health, Lord. We're just praying, um, that you would be with them and just continue to pour wisdom into them and um, that they can lead as you want them to, God, in your name. Amen.
0: It's a tremendous worship song, all the way through all of them. It's the one we concluded with, with the words "Jesus, Jesus." Wonderful prayer. Wonderful way to worship, calling up on the name of the Lord. How we want to worship Him more. How we plead for His grace more. And of course, all those blessings and benefits arriving into our life when we open the door and let Jesus, Jesus in. What a way to be able to walk in this world. I know every one of us trust often that this happens, that you've had the experience of something happening that just makes you feel so secure that you can handle just about anything. I think one thing that brings a a great deal of comfort and security to me is during a nighttime when there's been a thunderstorm going on, and I haven't heard it, and everything's got wet the next morning. I thank the Lord for that. And thank the Lord I didn't have to wake up to hear it happening. Now, of course, if you're deaf like I am and wear hearing aids and take them out when you go to bed, that will happen to you too. But I think that there is a good feeling that happens when I look out and see how much everything is just seems so much greener. And because of the rain. It's that way in serving the Lord when we have friend Jesus with us. Knowing that it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, Jesus is with us. And that experience in itself is a tremendous, tremendous feeling of security, of happiness, joy. It's something that the world can't give except on a temporary basis, but Jesus walks with us every day of our life. I have said all that because I felt it on my heart, but some of it is in direct conjunction with the presentation name this morning, which is, no, not far. And I've tied that together with a few sections of the Bible, the scriptures that talks about things that were not far, far off. We use the word far quite a bit. When my parents moved in 1950 to Joliet, Illinois, from the south, we had some sayings like over yonder, that was alien to to the northern Chicago area people. And they laughed at me when I said it as a kid. And I recall that that was something from my vocabulary that I dropped pretty quick and did not say, over yonder or down yonder. There, yonder. Well... It probably it was very strange then, and it may be strange now. It's just now it doesn't matter to me. Uh, if I want to say over yonder, I don't think about being from the south. I think about it being over yonder. And the thoughts that you see on the screen, no, not far. The word far is used in different conversations so well. Some of us you young people say far out. And that may be strange to some of you older people, but us younger people, we would we say far out. And sometimes we say far out man. And then far off. And it is a phrase that actually has its roots in the Greek, which <clears throat> came from the Hebrew. and we find that in the background of a lot of our words, even phrases come from the Bible and have either Hebrew or Greek type connotations or beginnings or roots. This is a familiar story that I'm beginning to going to begin with today. And the word "far" is used in it in another connotation, and you'll recognize it when you get when I get to it. But it is a story about a certain rich man that had two sons, and the younger of those of those boys said to his father, "Father, give me the portion of goods." That follows to me. And so dads divided unto them the portion of goods to each of them. And after many days, the younger son, who wanted his goods given to him, his portion given to him, he got all of his belongings at the house there gathered together, And he took a journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And the Bible says that after he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he arose one day. Let me go back. I'm not going to cheat you out of all of this sermon. I skipped the page. And he went. I started with the wrong page. You want me to start over? I won't. <laughs> and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed the hogs. That is something that some of us, by heritage, southern people would, that's how we would put it, go and feed the, the hogs, and uh, there is something else I can add to that that you probably won't like, but one of the things we fed the hogs was slop. Ah, I see a few heads going back and forth. Well. The younger son said that if he was home, he could fill his belly with the husk that those pigs was eating, but he couldn't even get a hold of them. And when he came to himself, realization began to set in. He said, I wonder today how many hired servants that my Dad has, and those servants have enough bread to eat and left over. And he said, I'm out here in this far country, and I perish with hunger. So he began to rationalize, come to his senses, in other words. He said, I'm going to go to my father." I'm going to go back home from this far country. And I'm going to say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. I just ask you to make me as one of your servants. And so what he did, he got himself together and he went back home to where his father was. And the scripture says in verse 20 that when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servant, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. Get the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat, and be merry, because this My son, that was afar off, we thought maybe he was even dead, but he is alive. He was lost, but now he is found, and they began to make merry. There is more, of course, to that particular parable that Jesus told and recorded by Dr. Luke. But just sharing with us that part of the story. I think what I want to bring forth out of that story today is the fact that it did not matter where the son was. We do not have from the parable the name of the fictitious country that he went to. But we know that it was a long ways off. We do not know how often his dad went to the porch or to the part of the yard or the particular door to look out to see if he could see his son. We don't know what part of the property he went to. But we do know that according to Jesus in giving this story, that he's seen his son afar off. Jesus, of course, is illustrating the point that you're and my Heavenly Father, that it doesn't matter how far we go in this world, how high, how deep, how hot the country may be, or how cold the country may be. It doesn't matter how far our Lord knows where we're at. And he understands our circumstances. And he loves us so much that he has his hand out already to receive us. And by us confessing as we are asked and instructed to do in God's holy word, that we come with sorrowful, repentant hearts and want to be received by the Father, that he is there to take care of us. We're reminded, and I give emphasis to a scripture from Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1. This is one of the very first scriptures that I ever took into my heart and was moved by and was so impressed that I've retained this scripture from even the days before I started in the ministry of over 62 years ago. The scriptures, is Isaiah 59 and 1. Look at it, if you will. Listen to it. It doesn't matter how far you are from the Lord, it doesn't matter how far your loved one is from the Lord. Believe me, on the authority of God's word, the Lord's hand is not shortened. That it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Isn't that amazing? I think about that. Uh, This past weekend, we had over 20 of our family members in our house, and it was amazing to me, especially my daughters, who can, and they are. Whatever Lisa's age is, that's how old my daughters are, our daughters are. These girls can talk as fast as a locomotive going down a long hill at 80 miles an hour and the brakes not working. The fact is that all the conversation they and most everyone in the room, except a couple people that you might know, they can hear four or five or ten hundred uh, conversations going on at one time. I don't know if they really understand what is being said, but they sure act like they understand and think everyone hears everything that is said. People like uh, John back there, we just sat there, and know that their mouths are moving and making a lot of noise. And uh, I I feel, uh, sometimes I, I feel bad that I can't get in on it, and then when I hear how loud it is and how fast it's going, I think it's a good thing I've got my telephone there like the rest of you. Oh, they're using their telephone at the same time, too. I, I forgot to point that out. And no... What's happening? And I sat there, and I look important, I'm sure, because I've got a telephone in my hand and going along with what the rest of them are doing. But the fact is, and even in a situation like that where they can hear and I can't hear, it doesn't matter all the rumble that is going on in a person's life. And just let me bring this right down to this room here. It doesn't matter all the rumble, mumble, jumble that's going on in your life. All the difficulties, all the diseases, all the helplessness that you feel from time to time. Our Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot reach down or afar off and help us. Neither is His ear Heavy, that he cannot hear what is happening. Now, I know that I'm talking to a group of people for the most part that are sincere, dedicated, live good lives, have a tremendous relationship with the Lord. It's a privilege for me to be among a group of people like that. And I thank the Lord for you. But I want to tell you about something that can happen. Something that we have to be careful of. And that is the fact that sometimes people can lose the way home. This young man in the parable that Jesus has gave, that Luke recorded, he had it all going for him. He had everything, so to speak. In fact, he acknowledged that when he was off in that far country and he lost all of his inheritance and he began to go down to a base way of living, having lost his way. Sometimes people can lose their way. I just want to throw that out to us to make sure that we in our wonderful spiritual environments that so many have and are blessed with and you know that we have some that attend here that have had the loss of their way in their life either from the way that they were raised or raised Uh, things have developed in their life. Some of them are not here this morning, but sometimes they're often here, and we see them, we love them, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're helping some find their way. I thank the Lord for that. Uh, And any of us can be grateful that we're helping other people find their way. And We never know sometimes who has lost their way just by looking at them or hearing them talk. But sometimes people lose their way. Let's not make it complicated. Let's make it very simple and sincere and meaningful beyond anything that man can devise. We look at Ephesians chapter 2. And, of course, I'm using the King James Version today, uh, as I often do. And uh, in the King James Version, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, here is something that you and I always need to remember. That now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. I, I I want and I often do this, that I let the Lord know that I know I'm not perfect. That is the reason as I've shared with you many times over the years that when I, before I close my eyes at night and I have my final verbalization with the Lord my final thoughts on my life for that day and my life I ask the Lord that if whatever there is in my life I first of all want him to reveal it to me so that I can correct it. Now i I I draw your attention to that thought first, because I don't often refer to this. If there's anything in my life that I need to make right, a lot of people forget about the fact that the Bible teaches restitution. Restitution is an essential part of getting it right with the Lord. If we have done something to someone, either through words or actions or some type of activity, and we need to make it right, and the Lord lets us know, by the way, he doesn't send us a forever stamp and says, this is dear John. Uh, Sorry, John, that just is a phrase, you know. Uh, The fact is, when the Lord sense of that feeling that we need to go and do something. We need to make something right. We need to do it. In fact, when I was very young, I cheated somebody out of 16 cents. I was a newspaper businessman. Either that or a newspaper boy, whichever I was called and that's what I was called. And I didn't have change uh, to give a person from perhaps a dollar bill, whatever it was. has been a long time ago. I don't remember. But I do remember that I did not take the change back to them, 16 cents. And it was about a year later, yeah, if the Lord wants you to make something right, the Lord doesn't forget it. You need to make it right, or you'll carry it to your grave, and I'm, I'm, that's between you and the Lord. What happens from there? But about a year later, in an envelope, 16 cents, I remember it so well. I had wrote a note where I had asked the people to forgive me. But I was knocking on the door first, just in case they were at home. Now, I will have to tell you, I was hoping they weren't home. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a boy, you know, was 15 years old, something like that. And I didn't want to face them if I could help it, But I did go and knock on their door. They weren't home, but the note was there. And I left that 16 cents to them. That Christmas, that Christmas, they gave me in another envelope. That I had gave them the 16 cents in they had a small Christmas card and a $10 gift thank the Lord now you might think that you would have done it different or I should have done it different but guess what you wasn't there I did it the way the Lord guided me to do it and the Lord guides us to restitution by the way But also the Lord, he is never going to leave us. So whatever we do, wherever we go, or how far off we may go to in our lives, the Lord is going to be there with us. Remember the way back home through the Lord. In Acts chapter 2, verse 39. The promise, this was actually Luke again, writing these words. And um, they won't change, Tommy, but I won't repeat them again. For the promise is unto you. And that's the second time that the phone has went off while I've been behind the pulpit. And I found out the first time that Sister Glinda was the culprit. I was so happy to find it out. I'm going to turn my phone on Wednesday night when she's in Bible study. The promise, Luke said in the book of Acts, is unto you, your children. This was talking about the Holy Ghost, actually, at this time. And to all that are afar off. Now think about that. I'm going back to the word far or, or far off, whichever definition and way of English interpretation you want to put it. I'm talking about children of God at this particular point. And as I'm talking to children of God today, there's a promise that the Lord is going to be with you and I wherever we're at that a promise that he will be there for for us, and as many as the Lord has called. This verse really has another context than what I was talking about with the parable of the lost son, the long ago wandering son. This is talking about people like you and me, this is talking about people that in the world that we live in. We need help. And we never shall, should forget that there is God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And Luke is quoting Jesus. And he is saying that the words of Jesus, we're not talking about a parable now. We're talking about the real thing, real, real time, if you please, is perhaps what I should have said. We're talking about it doesn't matter how far, or as some people like to say, it doesn't matter how far you go, God is going to be there. And he has something for you as a child of God. And Luke describes it or describes the words of Jesus that the promise, what is that promise? Joel talked about it. The Lord prayed for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, that we would not be without a comfort after we'd left here in this world. No, it doesn't mean God disappeared, doesn't God the Father disappeared. It does not mean that God, Jesus, Savior, disappeared. It means that the action, the presence, the holiness of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was going to be available and there. Well, why has it been hiding? It hasn't been hiding. If you go back to the book of Genesis, when the Lord's Word was wrote and written and if we understand that Moses is the writer of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That when the word was wrote and God said, let us make man in our own image. We're talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And here, Jesus in the book of Acts, written at this point in time, this portion of the book, by Dr. Luke said that this promise, it didn't matter how far you went as a child of God, that there was going to be something for you, and it's called the Holy Spirit. That this promise is for you, you're not going to get very far off, so to speak, without the presence of the Holy Ghost being near you, on you, in you, for you. Today, we sometimes may get off track. Sometimes this may happen. But let me tell you something. We can't go so far that you do not have the presence of the Godhead, the love of the Father, the love of the Savior, and the love of the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, the Be. There for you. And so when Luke wrote the words of Peter in the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 19, Peter was preaching and he said, Repent, you therefore, and be converted. We're talking about not getting far off. We need to repent. If we've got something in our life, we need to repent. And take care of it. Be converted, he said, that your sins may be blotted out, that when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Oh, thank the Lord. Peter delivered a message not only for we, that when we may falter, lose our way, when the difficult times may come, and we don't know just exactly how we're going to handle it, but he also wrote a message. This is not Peter, but John, as recorded in chapter 12, verse 32. He lifted up a message for us to lift up. He provided a, a way that we should follow the Lord. And be in his presence and not ever feel that feeling of getting lost or doing anything that will separate us. He gave us a mission, he gave us a job, he gave this church a mandate. As this verse says, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. I really went around the circle of so-called theology today by talking about a person being lost and being received again unto the Lord, how the person received unto the Lord, how they can lose their way. But the end today deals with the fact that as we live for the Lord, as we make our blunders and make our mistakes and get, make things right along the way, that we still have a mission, that we have a purpose, that the prodigal son discovered and found and came home to. And that is for we, to our lives, to lift up Jesus to a lost and dying world. And when he is lifted up, not the things that we stumble over, not the things that have enticed people off the track, but we lift up Jesus so that people can forever or however far off they are, they may see hope. They may see the magnetic drawing of the Spirit of the Lord to them, for them. Would you stand with me, please? As we come to the close of the service this morning, I would like to give an opportunity for you to get to that place in the Lord if you need to get to a place from where you're at. Draw close to Him. To feel his presence in your life and not be lost, not be far off, but home with the Lord. Bow your heads with me, please. Father, as I pray for this congregation today, Lord, accept for the thanks that I believe in the leading of the Holy Spirit, direct us into the word as we are directed. I have no reason to understand why I have spoke as I have today. I do not understand it. Except I do know that your word is designed for every man and woman. Every gender that is here today. We are praying for them right now. And Lord, I pray that as hearts that are in need of your word today, that there, these hearts will be softened, that they'll be led, that they'll be directed to home, Lord, with you. We want people, our souls, people, souls, our friends, our loved ones. We want them to have the comfort of being home with the Lord Jesus Christ and to walk and live, breathe and talk and drive and ride in the security of knowing that they are home with the Lord. I now ask everyone in this congregation if you have a need of the Lord, I want you to open yourself up to the Lord right now. Invite the Lord into your heart as you may need the Lord in your heart in the manner that you need to do. If you need forgiveness of a sin or of sins, just ask the Lord to forgive you. If you need, oh yes, if you need healing for your body, If you need deliverance, Lord, we are praying for that person that may have an oppression in their life that is so overwhelming that perhaps it's even beyond description. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch that person. Lord, that you would let them know that you see them, that they're not so far off, your hand is not short, neither is your ear heavy. But you hear them, you welcome them. In your arms, O oh Lord, we pray. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Now then, I want you to lift your heads. And we're going to claim in the name of Jesus that whatever needed is that you have, That you're going to turn it around. And give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. His burden is not heavy. His sorrow is one that he's waiting right there. To take it from you. He's already got a place prepared for you. He said he did. He's preparing a place. Where there won't even be any tears. There will not even be any bad memories. There won't be anything but joy, and peace. You've got loved ones already there. You don't have to worry about their well-being. Their utility bill is paid. Their food bill is already taken care of. They've got it made because they are with the Lord. Not anything that they did, but what Jesus did for them. So right now, if there is somebody Who needs the Lord. You need the help of the Lord. Well, I'm just going to ask you, with everyone looking toward me, that you just lift your hand a little bit. The Lord knows all my, God knows and understands all these needs. I'm going to ask the congregation to help me pray. For everyone that's lifted their hand, I would say half the people lifted their hands that are in this congregation. Would you join me in prayer with them for their needs today? Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to you at a time like this. Lord, you are everything to us. And I pray, God, that you will bless and help each one here this morning. to this raise your hand. Lord God, supply that need and your arms of love and mercy is around each one as we submit ourselves to and under the mighty hand of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Praise your name, O God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to come to a close in this service. Sister Glenda Carr, who is going to direct us in our Bible study presentation on Wednesday night. Sister Glenda, I'm just going to ask you if you will step right here in front and pray for the congregation and dismiss us in prayer. As the Lord leads you.
1: Oh <laughs>